Hello, and welcome back to the Super Blitz Podcast. We've got a great episode for you guys today. We have an all-new Super Debate, finally. Then we give you our NBA power rankings going into Orlando. If we predict the records for all of the AFC East teams. But before we start things off, we have to talk about our brand new website. Just go to superblitzpodcast.com. It has incredible features, including a blog with weekly posts, on social platform where members can join groups and chat based on their interests updates on the podcast and many other cool features and all the money raised from this season's episodes go directly to a good cause to learn more about this go to superblitzpodcast.com slash donate and not to mention we cannot do this podcast today without buzzsprout buzzsprout got our show listed on every major podcast platform additionally Buzzsprout gets you a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, and detailed analytics. Yeah, for sure. A huge shout-out to Buzzsprout for helping us. And Buzzsprout is offering you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. I mean, check the link in the description for more info. Superblitz starts now. Okay, we're going to dive right into our quick questions segment where... It is a segment where we give you guys two sports trivia questions and to simply and to enter your answers, simply type it in the form on the quick question section of our website. We will be shouting out the first three people who get it right on the next episode. Please don't Google the answers. So the first question is, who was the tallest NFL player ever? And the second question is, who is commonly referred to as... White chocolate. So, last week, only one person got it right, and that was Rita Aurora. In this segment of the podcast, we'll be debating whether Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz or Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, which quarterback is the better quarterback? (laughs) So, I believe... That Dak Prescott is the better quarterback. I agree. He has better weapons. Amari Cooper at wide receiver. Zeke at running back. Their offensive lines are pretty similar. Both the best in the... One of the best in the league. Both the Eagles and the Cowboys. But I still think Prescott is better. So yes. Carson Wentz did lead the Eagles to a 9 and seven season, but Dak Prescott. The reason that the Cowboys went eight and eight was that their defense could not handle top teams. The offense though did its part. Four hundred thirty one point five yards per game on offense. And had the second most passing yards per game. Dak Prescott's four thousand nine hundred two yards comp- was almost nine a thousand more than Wentz's Wentz's. And had three more touchdowns. Also, compared to Wentz, Dak Prescott had 8.2 yards per attempt. Almost three yards more than Wentz. They both have great O-lines, but when, when Dak Prescott is getting sacked, he's much better at getting out of the sack and throwing on the run. And he's, he's a better QB at the pocket. Wentz does have a bigger arm, but Dak Prescott is extremely accurate. 
According to NextGen Stats, I know this will make people mad and people will be surprised, but he is the number one deep thrower in the NFL, according to NextGen Stats. He has a 13.4 percentage points difference between the expected completion percentage rate and the actual completion percentage rate, which is easily number one in the NFL. Carson Wentz, not even in the top 10. Arush, what's your take? Okay, I think that your point, your what you're saying is complete blasphemy. The fact that you even consider Dak Prescott to, uh, to be uh, better than Carson Wentz is is just offensive to Carson Wentz and Eagles Eagles fans uh, everywhere. Yeah, I feel offensive offended that Dak Prescott has the same rating in Madden as uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is easily a top five quarterback in the NFL currently. I mean, he literally carried the Eagles to the playoffs. When literally half half the Eagles roster was injured. His start, his halfback was Boston Scott. I mean, literally all his receivers were injured. Deshaun Jackson was injured. Uh, his second receiver, Alshon Jeffrey, couldn't catch the ball, and somehow he still carried the Eagles to the playoffs. I mean. Sure, the Cowboys had the best offense in the NFL, but Dak has Zeke, Dak has Amari, Dak has an offensive line. Carson Wentz has skill. You're telling me that Dak Prescott couldn't make the Cowboys uh, win the division or even make the playoffs for that matter with all those weapons and a good offensive line. Carson Wentz, when he had all his weapons and he had a pretty good defense, he went 13 and 3. Although Nick Foles uh, took the Eagles to the uh, Super Bowl, Carson Wentz still made the Eagles in prime position to play in the Super Bowl by giving them the divisional uh, round bye. So you're uh, you're coming and Dax, uh, he literally would have beaten the Seahawks in the divisional round if he wouldn't have gotten injured halfway through the game. The Eagles would have won that game if they didn't have, uh, if they didn't have Josh McCown's playing. And that's just absurd to me because now the Eagles have, uh, the Eagles have this all, all this really good running back, Miles Sanders, that they discovered because Jordan Howard got injured. I mean, his starting half that got injured. So, Basically, you're telling me that Carson, to sum it all up, you're telling me that Dak Prescott is better than Carson Wentz. When Dak Prescott has proven nothing, he was trash when he didn't have Zeke. He was trash when he didn't have Amari. Remember that? Remember that Cowboys lost to the Eagles when they, with uh, how Carson Wentz outperformed Dak Prescott in the game in the game last season uh, that decided that was for the division and. Uh, Carson Wentz didn't have anyone. He literally didn't have anyone healthy. And Dak had his whole all, all of his offensive linemen. Dak had Zeke. Dak had Amari. So clearly, Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Clearly, Carson Wentz can carry a franchise when Dak cannot. Many many experts say that it's Zeke's team. It's not Dak's team. It's undisputed. I know he is injury prone. And his injuries have altered his performance. That's possibly the only argument that you have that Dak is better than Carson Wentz. 
Carson Wentz almost would have won MVP if he was if he was healthy. Dak Prescott didn't even sniff close to an MVP. So clearly, Carson Wentz is better. Okay, but Prescott did have better stats, and football is a team game. But okay. In this segment, we'll be doing NBA power rankings, ranking the top five NBA teams for this upcoming playoffs. We have five teams and two honorable mentions. So the first honorable mention is the Nuggets. Before the break, the Nuggets had one of the worst stretches, losing two of the two uh, two two of the worst teams in the NBA. Though the hiatus cut Gary Harris sixty four percent shooting in March, jumping uh, almost twenty points. Can Nikola Jokic's Nuggets average avenge last year's postseason loss to the Blazers, or will they repeat a history of the Nuggets failing in the playoffs? The next honorable mention is the Thunder. With the guard trio of Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Schroeder, and veteran Chris Paul, they've been playing amazing since Thanksgiving, becoming one of the best teams in the league with their chemistry. Though, can they get their chemistry back just on Zoom calls? And can they guard some of the West's most proficient wing players with their short stature? Okay, so we're gonna uh, so we're gonna get right into number five. We have the Boston Celtics. Over the last 17 games, Jason Tatum has broke out as one of the best players on the league. I consider him to be a top 10 player in the NBA currently. With nearly 28 points per game and with a team with a great off-ball shooting percentage built for the playoffs, I can easily see the Celtics going deep. In fact, they're my dark horse title candidate. So right now, they are matched up against the Sixers who they lost to three out of the four times and had one of the worst games of the the season against them. But they've consistently beaten the uh, Sixers in the playoffs over the last couple of years. And I think that Kemba Walker was a great add to the team. And the loss of Kyrie Irving fully allowed Jason Tatum to break out and be a first-time All-Star with Kemba Walker, who was like a second-time All-Star starter. I think that the Celtics can go very deep in the playoffs. Number four is the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors are arguably a better defensive team than they were last year. And everyone knows the saying, defensive, defenses win championship. Last year, they were a title team with all-star Kawhi Leonard. They may have lost him, but Pascal Siakam really stepped up his game. And he's becoming, he was most improved player last year, I believe, and Right, right now, he's an all-star starter. Fred Van Fleet, the three assassin, and Kyle Lowry, one of the most liked players in Toronto, have really stepped up their game, and they're definitely looking another ring for Toronto. Can they? Remember, they beat Giannis's Bucks in the playoffs, who right now are clearly the East favorites. Though they're only 1-6 against teams in the top four in the East, which include the Celtics, Raptors, Bucks, and Bucks and Heat. And yeah, can... I disagree, with, I disagree with And they're not really built for the playoffs. Their team is quite young. Being like the only veteran on their team right now that is like actually good or has any playoff experience 
is uh, Kyle Lowry, but he struggled in the playoffs the two years uh, prior to Kawhi Leonard's uh, Kawhi Leonard's uh, arrival in Toronto, and Marcus Gasol, who had some good years in the grit and grind era of the Memphis Grizzlies with Mike Conley, but I tend to disagree with you because I feel like that the Raptors don't have enough enough like star power to actually beat a team like the Bucks in the playoffs. And I feel like the only reason they advanced past the 76ers last year was because of Kawhi Leonard's defense. So I tend to disagree with you there. Yeah, but needless to say, Pascal Siakam has still stepped up this game. And if 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 they're going to get past the first and second round, they need him to be a monster. I mean, I agree with you there. Pascal Siakam was a surprise this season. I did not expect him to step up to their level of being an all-star starter. Okay, we're going to get in right into number three, the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, Lakers. The Lakers have LeBron and AD, but I feel like they're too dependent on LeBron and AD, and they're like unable to kind of like make plays without the two. They already lost Rondo and Avery Bradley, and right now the West is more of a guard-centric league. With like, uh, they have uh, like the Clippers have Patrick Beverly's defense and Paul George, who's one of the best, uh, arguably cards in the Western Conference, the Rockets, who are another Western Conference, like powerhouse, have Harden and Westbrook, who are like one of the top guards in the whole decade. I I just don't think that the Lakers have like enough power after losing Rondo. And Avery Bradley is already sitting out who is like a key part of the Lakers title aspects because he was like a three and D kind of guy for the Lakers. He could guard like he could guard most of the guards in the Western Conference. I think that uh, the Lakers cannot uh, depend on Kuzma because I think that Kuzma took a step down this year. And I think that the Lakers are just too, like I said, LeBron and AD dependent that they like no, no, like no other person on the Lakers can really carry them. If LeBron and AD on are off the floor, both of them, which is inevitable to happen, I just feel like the Lakers lack the depth to compete against uh, stronger teams like the Clippers or Bucks or maybe even the Celtics with their depth. So I just think that the loss of Rondo hurts the Lakers and drops them all the way to number three. Yeah. Yeah. Also, with depth, I mean, at number two, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. So, Giannis is playing an MVP level the whole year, has one of the best efficiency rates, and, I mean, their defense is leading their team to one of the best, to the best record in the NBA this year. I mean, their defense is an amazing, the best in the league. Giannis is an all-around freak. Chris Middleton a mid-range assassin. He's been shooting 31% in clutch shots. So 31% doesn't seem a lot, but if you make that in clutch time, that's one of the best in the league. Other, though, Like the Lakers, I mean, other players really need to step up if they want to get a ring. Because Eric Bledsoe, 0-7 last year during clutch time. And clutch time means that in the last five minutes when the game is between five points, so... Really, 
I mean, this that's clutch time is the most important part of basketball, especially playoff basketball, where there's stress levels is high and every shot matters. And the box really need to step up their role players because if two top five players like LeBron and AD, if if they cannot carry the Lakers, then it, the Bucks won't have a shot. But still, Giannis, he's a great player, and I think they're going to win the East. I kind of agree with you, but just because of the fact that no one can stop Giannis, as Slide Reacts says, Akumpo, why are you running and dunking? You're like 11 feet tall. Like, no one can guard Giannis. There's a reason why he's the MVP last year, and he's probably going to win it again this year. And there's a reason the Bucks have the best record in the whole NBA. Uh, home field advantage doesn't really matter in Orlando, but I think that the Bucks are like are like a title contender. But I but I don't see them matching up well against the number one team, the Los Angeles Clippers, just because of the fact that Kawhi Leonard locked up Giannis in the playoffs last year. Giannis couldn't really stop like do anything against Kawhi's defense, and. I think that in the series, in a final series against the Clippers, potentially, that they'll have that they'll have to be like relying on someone like Eric Bledsoe, because I feel like uh, Paul George will eliminate Chris Middleton. So I think that Eric Bledsoe has to step up big uh, for if the Bucks have any aspects of reaching the title. But I think that the that the Heat even match up well against the Bucks. But I think that the Bucks are in a good place to win the finals. And uh, now time to get into our number one team, the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers easily have one of the deepest teams in the whole NBA. I just think that the Clippers right now built their team to face up against the Lakers. I mean, they have so many wings that can guard LeBron, like Marcus Morris. They have, they have Kawhi Marcus Leonard, Marcus. they have Paul George. They have Montrez Harrell. Yeah, and they they're just deep, they're just a deep defensive team. I mean, they even signed Reggie Jackson. Yeah, they even signed Reggie Jackson. I just think that the Clippers are very deep right now, and I think that the Clippers are just too deep. Where if if uh like say someone on their team gets Corona that they can easily find replacements where that's like, like I think depth is the most important thing in Orlando because uh, people can easily get Corona and they have to be sidelined for two weeks, which is very key for the NBA currently. And the Clippers have a ton of players who can make plays. I mean, well-deserved. They have a two-time reigning uh, sixth man of the year and, um, and a very good player who comes off their bench. I mean, Ivaka Zubac is a very good, like, post-center. You can even stretch the floor. I just think that the Clippers are just too deep to not win the championship currently. Yeah, but Paul George has, I mean, recently not been playing, like, a top 10 player, I believe, which is debatable, but... I mean, he's been injured the whole season, so well-deserved. I mean, he had, like, the rest of, like, three months since the season started, so... Yeah. I think that Paul George will will sort of like improve because he had the rest. His injury is like injury is like healed. Yeah. So that's all our power rankings of the 
the to- our top five power rankings for the NBA bubble coming up July 31st. Okay, we're going to dive right into our segment where we rank the schedules of the teams in the AFC East. So let's get right into number one. So, number one, Buffalo Bills. They have not won a playoff game in 25 years. This year, this league has, I mean, this division has mostly been dominated by the Patriots for, like, I don't know, the last decade, two decades. The Bills, like, I think this is the year the Bills can really win the championship. Josh Allen, I think he gets he becomes a better decision maker. Stefan Diggs, a deep threat. John Brown, really good thousand yard receiver. Cole Beasley, a good slot receiver. And their defense, Trey White, Micah Hyde. I mean, their secondary is really good. I mean, they have one of the best defenses in the league, and that's why I think the Buffalo Bills will go 10-6, and six, making the playoffs first in the AFC East. I mean, I sort of agree with you, uh, just because of the fact that you may say the New England Patriots might win the division again, but I think that Josh Allen will, have, will come in and like improve on his previous season. I mean, the Bills made the playoffs last year with Josh Allen. I expect Josh Allen to make the next step. And I actually think he's going to be one of the top fantasy quarterbacks next year. I, I, I think that he's going to be the surprise of the league. And Josh Allen is going to be, is he actually going to perform when he actually has a deep threat this, this year with Stephon Diggs? So the Bill, look out for the Bills in the playoffs as potentially a third seed. And okay, I mean, for number two, we have the New England Patriots, but w- there's no OTAs this year, and I doubt that training camps are going to be that effective for a new offer cam to learn the new offense. I mean, literally, by literally built they the Patriots went from Tom Brady to the uh, uh, the absolute opposite of Tom Brady, Cam Newton, who literally runs around uh runs around rather than is like an immobile quarterback. So they have to literally like come up with new. They come have to come up with new uh, uh plays for Cam Newton. So I think that the it'll take time for the Patriots to adjust to Cam Newton at quarterback. And I don't even know if they're going to start Cam Newton because sources are saying that they may start Jared Stidham week one. So I think that the Patriots are going to go nine and seven. Yeah, but I mean if if. Uh- if any if anyone can, any coach can do this in the league, it's Bill Belichick. Yeah. So for our third best team in the AFC East, I have the New York Jets at seven and nine. The New York Jets did lose Robbie at Anderson, and they might even lose Jamal Adams. I mean, Jamal Adams is a Pro Bowler. Who has who's great in the box, great at playing coverage. He's just an all-around player, and if, if he stays with the Jets, I think that their defense will be v- much improved because he he carries that team. He is really good. And on offensive side of the ball, I think if Sam Darnold just like takes the next step, like right now, 
he has potential, but like Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen, they all those quarterbacks in that draft class, except except Lamar Jackson, who's already taken that step. Those quarterbacks need to take that step into becoming a better player. And they need to become franchise quarterbacks. Right now, they are franchise quarterbacks, but they need to become into the next Matt Ryans, Matthew Stafford's, Tom Brady's of the NFL. Okay, so I sort of agree with you, but I think that you're underrating the Jets a little bit. I think that Sam Darnold will, is a world-class talent who's way better than Baker Mayfield. I just think that he's had a mediocre front office a terrible offensive line to play with. He literally had no receivers. His best receiver left for Carolina, where he's not even the, the best receiver in Carolina. I think that Sam Darnold has been treated dirty. I think that Sam Darnold is the best quarterback from the, that draft class. It's just a Lamar Jackson that came in with the coach. He came in with the GM. He came in with the offensive line. He has weapons. Like... I, I just feel bad for Sam Darnold. I think that the he they went seven and nine when Sam Darnold missed two games. If Sam Darnold wouldn't have missed two games, they would have made the playoffs. They probably would have gone went nine and seven with Sam Darnold. Yeah, and then, uh, with, but then you, for the fourth team, I have the Miami Dolphins, and I have them going six and ten. I mean, they paid a lot of money for uh, free agents. They signed uh, Byron Jones. They signed Kyle Van Noy. They have a smart coach in Brian Flores. I still think they're a year or two away from actually making the playoffs just because of the fact that, again, like with uh, without OTAs, uh, Ryan, they're probably going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick for the first couple games just so that Tua can get accustomed to the NFL. Uh, I'm not even sure if there's going to be that many games. They might cut it down to 10 games because of the coronavirus. But, but I think that the Miami Dolphins, like I said again, they're like a year or two away because they don't have the experience. They have very young players. They have they drafted uh, three first rounders. I think that they stole Tua in the draft, but I think that Tua is like a make or break prospect. I mean, his Madden rating of like a seventy four or seventy five basically like tells the whole story. Like he's a make or break prospect. I. I just think that the Miami Dolphins are right now too inconsistent to be to be a playoff team. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're Okay, this wraps up this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening to the episode. Please make sure to come back next week for a spectacular episode. Uh make sure you have to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our tag is at SuperBlissPod. Please complete the survey, which will be in the show notes of this episode. If you have any feedback for us, please leave it on the feedback tab of our website. And please, please, please donate to our website. All donations will go to a good cause. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. See you next week. <laughs>